to Sanctum of the Dark Flame. Sanctum of the Dark Flame. Sanctum of the Dark Flame. <laughs> um, I am one of your hosts, Ashley Alexis. And to my right is Thomas John. <laughs> to his right, Delilah. Our special guest, Delilah. She's freaking awesome. Yes, let's all welcome Delilah, everyone. Yeah. She's that broad from Philly. <laughs> And and then to her right is the infamous. Hi, I'm David. <laughs> yeah, uh, our DS. On this episode of Sanctum of the Dark Flame, we're having um, baby witch really yeah. uh, come on and ask us questions. Um, basically, witchcraft 101, and it's nice to have somebody who is not just curious about witchcraft and spirituality and the occult, but also wants to become a practicing witch. You know, so there's there's a huge difference between um, between wanting to know about witchcraft, being curious, and wanting to actually practice. So, you know, it's a lot of really honest, to the point, you know, questions that we want to focus on tonight. So, I don't know if... Uh, you want to interject, David, since this no, is I one, think of, you, one of your lovely partners that we love so much. I, no, I think you pretty much set it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a well. pretty damn good yeah. intro, I guess. I, yeah, yeah. She's over here. Yeah. Our boo. Yes, chilling over here. So, so why don't you just say, you know, why don't you tell <laughs> yeah, us well, yeah, a little bit about yourself? I was just about to say, I'd like to know <laughs> why you're doing this. Yeah, I was yes. gonna why you're you here. Why yes. you're? What is your? Who, what, when, where, why? What yes. is your attraction? Yes. All of the dubs. What is your attraction to witchcraft? Okay, um, my main attraction of becoming a witch was because of me you see, oh. <laughs> you see i just won the indy 500 that's right no, 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 i can't no. get the women can't get enough of my stuff so you know <laughs> my magic wand makes everything work okay, okay. Yes. I'm, I'm gonna edit all this out no you gotta keep it in now. that's gold are you kidding me she's blushing so we hit a nerve. <laughs> um, I can't. <laughs> okay. I got the magic stick. <laughs> oh my god! You heard that drum beat? That was not a drum. That was someone's chest. Big struck. <laughs> struck. Yeah, that was me giving him a chop to the chest. Chop. <laughs> so. But Who my inspiration we was my grandmother, who is not here. She th- she died when I was two. Mm. Um, the reason why I started practicing was to have a closer connection with her. Because she was a witch, and she was, she read tarot, she healed, and, you know, I was blessed enough to get the vision of sight from her. Awesome. So, yeah. It's really cool that you have a heritage with it. Some people, some people do, some people don't. And I think it's really special when you have that heritage, simply because, um... It's almost like an honor having that hereditary gift. You know, you're lucky enough to get certain qualities from the people that were here before you that helped make you. And to recognize it as a gift and not as a burden. And to embrace it and go forward with it and educate yourself on Mm -hmm. I think is really cool. It's like I've always knew that I had the gift of sight because it's like 
it felt like deja vu to me. Yeah, deja vu is a big thing. And I was like, what the hell? Like, in the weekend, like, when I was younger, I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, like one part that really bothered me was when I was in middle school and my friend's dad passed away. Before he could tell me, I said, let me guess, your dad died? And I was so freaked out. That's a scary thing, especially because you were so young at the time. Yeah, age, God, the younger you are when that type of stuff happens to you, I think the scarier it is because you just, you you don't have an understanding of anything when you're young. (laughs) You don't get it. And I'm like, Abuela, why aren't you here? (laughs) I was mad. You needed her the most in that time. But I'm thankful I had my dad around to like explain stuff to me, like, Hey, you know, your grandma was like this, so don't worry, you know. So, um, one of the things that I find really interesting about what you just said is your dad. Now, what is your dad's spirituality, especially since we're talking about her uh, hereditary uh, spiritual involvement? My dad, he is more so like, he's magical, but not so magic, you know? Like, he believes things happen, but he's, like, you know. Is he accepting of, like, witchcraft? Is he accepting of yeah. um, you being, like, basically like a, a bruja? Yeah. Uh, so, to me, I had the exact opposite reaction yeah. from my dad. My dad was from Costa Rica, mm-hmm. born and raised Catholic, came here, wound up meeting my mom, marrying her, converted to Russian Orthodox which is even crazier, more mm-hmm. disciplined, more restrictive. So for me, I had like that opposite reaction. So I think it's really good that you're in a space where you can evolve and not have your family push you away, but encourage it. Yeah. So I think that's really, really cool as well. Mm-hmm. Um, now, has this been something that you've been cultivating for years? Or is this something that you just recently stumbled upon? into like the occult in general for years. Okay. First I was into vampirism and yeah, that fit oh. into that too well. <laughs> that's a whole other... That's um, a whole other episode. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that weird vampire group you were part of. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, that's something I'd love to hear about at some point. I just got shivers and my nipples got hard. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, they were a Twilight LARPing group. Oh my that's god. B- that's BS on that one. <laughs> yep. Alright, so first let's start it with that. <laughs> Vampirism. Yeah. What did that evolve into? Um, I just like, started when, when I had the visions and stuff like that. That made me like, hey, I need to explore this. Like, I need to learn how to control it and, you know. Mm. Awesome. Then I met this guy and he pushed in my. How long, how, how long ago <laughs> did you meet David? For our listeners who don't know. Two years ago. Two years ago. Now he's shaking his head. What? I want you to interject. <laughs> I want to know a little. A little... Oh, no, no, no. She's, she's pretty much right. Yeah, yeah. What does that mean? Pretty much <laughs> right. Pretty much right. He, strange is a man who oh. is that strange. He's a man of many <laughs> mysteries. He's Mr. Mystery. 
Yes. Literally. <laughs> Everything is shrouded. In secrecy. You have no proof. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, you have, Delilah, do you even know that you're here right now? You have no Do you proof. even know if you that exist? That would be David. Like, do you even know if that's real? <laughs> are you like, sure? Are you sure you're here? Blank. Yeah, exactly. Blank memory. <laughs> Who is Delilah? Why is Delilah? Yeah, why? Why is Delilah? <laughs> All right. So... Now that you've stumbled across this, like, realization, what steps have you done at home so far that weren't influenced by an outside source, i.e. David or me or anything that you might find online? What are, what are the little things in your life that you, you've done to change your routines or bring um, yourself closer to craft? I've been, like, studying up on different types like runes, moon magic, candle magic, like basically absorbing that information like because I feel as though you know you may be into something but you have to know more about it. For sure. For sure, yeah. Especially because when dealing with this a lot of people don't realize it but it takes it takes an emotional toll. Yeah. It really does and the more you know the better equipped you will be mm -hmm. to um protect yourself really yeah because i feel as though like um when i was into vampirism and witchcraft it's all about like maintaining the being grounded make, making sure you protect yourself from those so-called energy um energy suckers and stuff like that even on a regular basis mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just as somebody who works with people, and you work mm -hmm. in a very public job as well, you're faced with people like that that don't even get it. Yeah. They the have no idea. The psychic vampires, as it were. You, that's what I was trying to... That was in my brain, but I could not put the words because I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, he got it for you. Like, I went blank, like... Oh yeah. Ooh, just got getting all the shivers over her. I like that. I yeah. like that a lot. I'm getting a lot of shivers. Um Awesome. So I think that's kind of a cool segue to get into your questions. So how did you come up with this list? Um how I made this list was like, you know, stuff that I wanna, you know, in general learn about, you know, this craft and stuff like that. And you know, you guys are, have been doing this for years, and I feel as though, like, you guys can, like, you know, teach me your ways, like, uh, not like Star Wars, but like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes, well, we're here, we're here to guide you on that yeah. path. Yes. Um, awesome. So, um, please ask, uh, so, well, before, before you ask us questions, so David and I are both experienced in witchcraft and have been practicing for over 10 years. Yes. Uh, but, um, Tom, on the other hand, is more of a, uh, I, I don't, he, he doesn't I'm, practice I'm magic. I'm not a, I'm, I'm, well, I'm not, a, I'm just not a, a magic type. I just... You know, I practice. I do rituals and get immersed in um, my own spirituality, but I don't cast spells or anything like that. I'm just a, I'm just a Satanist. You know, at the end of the day. So, but I'm not really a magic practicer myself. So, 
I, I use the term orthodox Satanist, so. I like that. Yeah. So you have a few different perspectives. You have, you know, two seasoned witches who have been practicing for many years. You have someone who's just simply spiritual and into the occult, and then you have a, a beginner witch. So I think this is like kind of an interesting... Um, it's a good mix. Gumbo, if you will, <laughs> of, of all different types of flavors and... and uh, Plenty of and, hot sauce. And texture. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, all right. Please, ask, ask away. How all can right. we help? First question. What are the essentials to have in your altar? I'm going to let David start this A one. A beating human heart, first and <laughs> foremost. That's coming from the Orthodox Saint. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> is that on the black market or can I order that on Amazon? Well, you know, <laughs> now you can order it on Amazon. I'll tell you what, it's a lot cheaper on Amazon. <laughs> well, you're in Philly, so I'm, you're pretty sure they sell that like on Yeah, that's street. literally, I think you can go around to like any pub and find like yeah, a really Philly, you know. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me get serious. Um, well, you have to have something that represents all of the elements of the earth, like salt, you know, can represent earth or dirt, um, incense represent air, candles fire, and water, mm-hmm. you know, water. yeah, water's water, obviously, you know, clearly, yes, clearly it's water, mm-hmm. you know, unless it represents something else like the sun, like, you know, water represents the sun, so really, <laughs> an offering plate of some kind is never a bad idea, yes, something mm-hmm. personal, mm-hmm. Like Always you saw, so. like I have the chalice on mine that I kind of use as my offering plate, basically. A little goblet for offerings of wine or any liquid you find yes. to be um, significant that you want to share with your deity of choice. Things like that. Candles are always a, are always a plus. An incense, um, an incense holder. What yeah. would you call it? Like an incense plate, I should yeah. say. Sure. Something yeah. living. And some sort of um, some sort of um. Um, what, would, what would you call it? Representation of your deity, always. Yes. Like, just to stay focused and have something to focus on. Okay. I'm sorry, something when we can go on about that? If you want like, a flower to do that, an offering always helps of food, wine, you know, liquor. Mm-hmm. For sure. People put down money. So, recently, when... You know, we went up to Salem. One of the things I found interesting was in the stores on some of the altars and stuff like that. People were putting down money. Mm-hmm. Um, but not like a lot of money. It was just like change. Just like a little something. Dollars here and there, things like that. Yeah. And I, I thought that was interesting. But um, going back to what David was saying earlier about having the elements, uh, particularly with witchcraft, because this is about witchcraft, mm-hmm. is... Um, Having the four key elements of water, fire, air, earth, but then the last, which is also the symbol of the pentacle or pentagram, is the spirit. So um, having either a pentagram or something 5.0 or something to represent all those aspects, which, as he was saying before, something personal, I think represents part of the soul. Yeah. And it could be something from a family member. That has, you know, passed away. Um, you know, it could be something from them. Could be hair. Could be an item that they own. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
you could kind of take anything like that. It could, you can even take something from yourself. I like to often put um, clippings of my own hair onto my altar. Sounds a little hokey, but to me, it works. I, I think the more traditional the items, uh, the more effort put into yeah. the items, the more precious the items on the altar, mm -hmm. the better. Um, I, as Tom was saying before, having like a chalice uh, is usually where I put my offering, either a chalice or a plate. Mm -hmm. I think it's good if you have both, but either or is fine. Yeah. Uh, practicing traditional witchcraft, I have a little uh, cast iron cauldron which I like to place offerings in. Uh, I like to have an altar cloth, something I connect to, something personal, mm -hmm. uh, to lay out, to keep it separated and almost give it like its own little space. Yeah. Altar cloths can be used for so many things. Yeah. Wrapping up items, setting up items. What are some of the things you use it for? Um. Wrapping up items, setting up items. You can use it as for a tarot cough, even. Yeah. Anything like that. Yeah. Um, if I keep certain types of either potions, oils, things to anoint items with, I keep that on my altar place. I think that everybody should have an oil or either a self-made potion or a store-bought potion, which you can find at most good, decent occult shops, yeah. you know. Um, it's always great to have a nice little something like that. Is it super necessary? No, but I think if you have your own oil and or potion, you can anoint your own items and make them work for you, and you can put... Yeah. It's just a little yeah. added, like, oomph into you can always, making it yours. Sorry, you can always make your own oil. Sure. You know? Uh, <laughs> uh, one of my teachers, we made like a really, really quick, fast version of rose oil. Just oh. get a bunch of olive oils and rose petals, let all that ferment and marinate for <laughs> quite some time. And I use it to this day in the little I have left. I made it, what, 10 years ago? And I still have like a big, big ass bottle of it. So cool. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Might so, have to refill it at some point, but yeah. <laughs> you can add other things to that too. I yeah. I can dilute or put my, my potions into anything. Yeah. You know, I, I could take like so like I have a like a dream potion if I want to take that and put into a certain type of oil. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. like I have a Lilith oil, for instance. Like let's say I wanna commute uh, I wanna commune and uh talk to her through dreams. I'll use I'll put a little bit of that. Mm -hmm dream potion into my oil. I've always been partial to mugwort myself. So a yeah. few drops of that in a glass of water right before a meditation ritual does wonders for you. It can almost put you in like a trance-like state. Yeah, mugwort is in most um, uh, most craft items. Almost any type of occult oils or candles, incense, you're gonna find a bit of mugwort in it. You know, mm -hmm. that's that's very it's a very clairvoyant uh herb. But um back to essentials, um one of the things that I find to be very key is having a bell on my altar. Yeah. Cause it alerts deities, it helps me center myself. 
um, is a grounding point. I find it to be almost like, I, I, and this is just me. I envision when I ring the bell, I envision the rings coming out of the bell as literal rings mm -hmm. around me and my altar. And it helps me kind of focus and create my own protective center with my altar. So I think it, it helps people who need um, to hear and see mm -hmm. in order to learn or to cast or to just simply initiate a ritual. So, yeah, that's very important. Um, another altar thing would be just an offering for the season. Yes. You know, you have to realize, like, I think one thing that's in witchcraft that seeps into all different ways to worship, work with, or recognize deities are the seasons. You know, we're in February, we just got through Embolic, which is the start of spring. Mm -hmm. So for the start of spring, for instance, I put dry lavender on my altar, which you're, I just found out today. <laughs> A witch is allergic to lavender, not me, but our beautiful guest is allergic to lavender. Which I think is uh, funny. Um, I and it's found out the hard way, though. How? I don't um, know. Mm. My mom, she bought me a like a lavender gift set, like you know, them bath sets and stuff. <laughs> I go and shower with it. <clears throat> I wake up with all these freaking bumps on me. I'm like, Mom, what the hell is this? <laughs> She's like, That's a large reaction, babe. I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> oh lord. That is. Horrible, because like when you the minute you said that, I'm like, oh my god, it's gonna be all over her body. She's fucking great. It's gonna be terrible. <laughs> That's so, awful. Yeah, explaining that to my doctor was fun. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> so so yeah. So I, I typically like to have some sort of seasonal offering because I think that's. Um, Seasons have to do with everything. How long the day is, how long we have the moon in the night, mm -hmm. things like that. What about you? What What do you have on your altar right now, David? Currently, it's the same setup. Um, I haven't really changed it for the season yet, because it's one. Well, it's supposed to be winter. It's weird. It's weird. Very weird. Sixty degree day. Then today, 20, eighteen. Yeah, twenty degree night. <laughs> yeah. And that night tomorrow's supposed to be like forty-seven. So. Yeah. Yeah. Dying. So, do you have, <laughs> do you have anything on that note? Do you have anything on your altar seasonally? Do you observe that? Nope. No. Yeah. See, I feel like that's that's not necessarily. Yeah, it's really not necessarily. That's, that's it's more for people who I think practice witchcraft. But if you have a like, you know, he, you know, sticks with his Orthodox Satanism. So I feel like you can. You can have that witchcraft. There's no one proper way to practice is the long and short of it. But it, there are always things that help. Seasonal offerings are very beneficial. So if you want to go with that, you can. And if not, that's just not your mojo, then you know, you don't have to. But I would recommend doing the seasonal offering. I should start doing a seasonal offering, honestly. Yeah. It's something that took me a long time to start doing because it's like, oh my god, here we go, another change. 
like and then after in Bullock mm-hmm. they have Ostera, so yeah. you know that's, that's another thing. Never get spring. never get too comfortable with your practicing, otherwise it gets stale and boring. And the deities will get bored with it too. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I've learned. It's like you gotta change things up every now and again. So yeah, for the basics of my altar, David's altar, I think, you know, chalice, you know, place for your candle. You should have a candle. Uh, I think an altar cloth just to help you focus and center and have a designated space. Incense plate. Incense, for sure. Yeah. Bell. I have plenty of those. Perfect. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I don't know anyone lately who doesn't have incense. Incense is like the new thing. It took know, a long time to catch on, but it is awesome. That's it. I mean, people want to get complex with their shit. You know, you can build... Just keep it simple. Yeah, for now. You can build complexity over time. Yeah. To get started with, Mm -hmm. you only need a few essential items. Yeah. Yeah. Candles, incense, offering plate, tablecloth. Altar cloth. Altar cloth. You know what I mean. You get that. (laughs) She understands what I'm talking about. All right, next question. What are some books you recommend for someone oh. who's starting their path in witchcraft? Oh. Well, we here at Sanctum of the Dark Flame are very fond of the Devil's Apocrypha. That's one of our all-time favorites. Not necessarily having to do with witchcraft, but definitely good in the sense of getting you started with the occult. Mm-hmm. Also, there's a book by Richard Cavendish called The History of the Black Arts, which has like... 50 different chapters on all different kinds of occult topics and the histories of them, which is mm-hmm. a fascinating read. I would highly recommend. And um, what else? Those are my two starting recommendations, but they aren't necessarily conducive to witchcraft. The Dark Arts is. The Dark Arts, absolutely. But it's not just about witchcraft. It's about like an entire plethora of different things. Uh, so... My personal pick for Witchcraft 101 is uh, honestly any book by Doreen Valente, who is a witch from like, you know, the start of the Age of Aquarius, which mm-hmm. just happened in the 19th century. Um, but a book I would start with is The History of Witchcraft. Yeah. So it, it walks you through in a very like layman way of. Um, you know, what witchcraft was about, the historical significance, how simple it was, how misunderstood it was, and how it has transformed itself into modern day witchcraft. Some people call it Wicca. Um, I don't necessarily practice Wicca in the sense of it's a little uh, loose, maybe a little all over the place for me, and has almost more of a religious aspect in the sense of it's specifically like I, I noticed with uh, some people who practice with Wicca, I'm not trying to put a blanket on it, but I, I have unfortunately noticed uh, it's mostly uh, praying to a goddess mm-hmm. uh, versus uh, having balance and a more pagan view of it. Yeah. Uh, so it goes into a little bit of that, but mostly focuses on traditional aspects of it, which I really enjoyed. Um, uh, Gerald uh, Gardner. Gardner is always any book by him uh traditional witchcraft he'll take you through it 101 how to set up an altar uh how to initiate yourself same with during valente in that previous book she also teaches you how to initiate yourself 
um, and how to set up an altar. My altar layout is literally based off of the things that I've read from her. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. The one book I recommend is Earth Power. It's like a short overview of... It's by Scott Cunningham. Love Scott Cunningham. Yes. It's a short little overview of, you know, what you can do with some earth magic, some herbs. Mm -hmm. um, it has some ruins, you know, symbols, oils. It's a very basic, entry-level book about natural magic. So that's one. The other one is a book about tarot. Mm. The Tarot Encyclopedia. And that gives you, like, I can't... Is it the Tarot Encyclopedia? I think it is. I th things like this. Um, but, uh, yeah, the tarot, the tarot Handbook right here, which is... This is the one, right? That's the one you have. Oh, are we talking about the other one? The other yeah, there's another one? one. There's another tarot book. Why can't I remember the name of it? The Tarot Bible? Yes, that's your copy. Yes, Tarot Bible. Is that the right one, though? No, no, I can't remember the name of the book. I have it. Gah! <laughs> oh, well. So, yes. So, there's the Tarot book. It's the one. I will figure it out one day. <laughs> we can always post... Um, yeah, we... I was gonna say if you if if you can't figure out tonight because I I want to know what you <laughs> learned from, um, post it on the Instagram. Yes, because that's easy access and yes. visual. Yes, you we know? are on the Instagrams. We are we we are on Instagrams. You're on the Instagrams. Yes, <laughs> that's us. Um, I think it's just uh, Sanctum of the Dark. Yes, that's our Instagram at Sanctum of the Dark, all one word, lowercase. Yes. Um, so, speaking about books, I've got pretty much the holy grail of the occult, which is called the Golden Dawn. Um, this yes, that is, is <laughs> this is a massive yeah. tome. Yes, there's like just a font of occult knowledge. I have this seventh edition. I don't know how many are out there, but I bought mine fairly recently within the past five years. I don't know how often these types of books are revised, um, but it's it's a good reference book. It is. It's a very good reference book. You know, I mean, for for the occult, um, it's almost a thousand pages. You know, yeah. Alistair Crowley was one of the people who originally worked to put this together. Um, you know, I also recommend, believe it or not. Love the homeboy, the great beast, Alistair Crowley. He's an interesting dude. I think maybe maybe if you're skeptical about him, maybe not reading his personal literature, yeah. but learning about him and what he went through as an occultist, as a practicing witch, would be real cool to learn about. Mm -hmm. Maybe you maybe you won't take it into your own spiritual practices, but mm -hmm. certainly somebody that you want to learn about. Yeah. Of course, there was one book. Yes. I, I love, and I need to read it again. The Blood Sorcery Bible. Ooh. That, yes. Why don't you tell us a little if, bit about yeah. that? Even if you don't use any of the rituals, which might be a little much for you since you're beginning and starting out, 
It is the greatest self-help book you will ever read in your life. Because it talks about how blood is magic. It and is. it's the yeah. one thing that you would need. You know, let's strip away all the herbs, oils, all that. As long as you have your blood, you are good to go. I love that. I love that. Yeah, blood is probably like, the most powerful magical component yes. that you can utilize in any ritual. Yes. The offering of blood is worth more than anything. It's part of you. Yeah. It's your life essence. And the most valuable thing you can give is um, like a piece of your hair or blood or little or your I tears. Think the, I think the blood. Is, I think the blood is more more valuable than blood. Your head no, the blood is more valuable than anything. Yeah. But giving a piece of yourself in general is very valuable. It's very valuable. Yeah. Of course, Wicca by Scott Cunningham is the one book. That's... Most. Everybody has this. Yes. I have this. Yes. Everybody has this. <laughs> if you're a witch, you've probably read that book once or twice <laughs> in your life. To. You have to. Scott Cunningham... Like, that was the core. Yeah, that's... He's like... He's your gateway drug. Yeah. <laughs> I love that man. Uh, never met a book. Mm. So, a real quick side note, when Tom and I were up in Salem, we went to this uh, botanical shop, which was in a herb spice magical fucking, like, Costco, basically. <laughs> One of the things that I was so completely blown away by, the selection of custom teas, okay. which... I really like because you put a label on tea. This is what it's used for. This is how you use it. It's not like, oh, well, how do I break down frankincense and myrrh? How do I, how do I, how do I grind up that solid yeah. like uh, resin and stuff like that? And how do I incorporate? No. Here's a tea. Here's its magical properties. This is how you use it. You fucking drink it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so. I love that. So I also think teas are a good way to learn. And one of the teas that I brought back home was the Scott Cunningham blend. Yes. Which is a blend that he specifically crafted for dreams. That was another thing that he found to be an easily accessible form of magic was dreams. Um, so this is called the Scott Cunningham dream tea, which I, I gave yes, you some. You I did. hope you um, guys make maybe a cup tonight or something, share it or however, but... Yeah. delicious not only is it used in a very useful way but it's also tasty <laughs> you know i i don't put tea so it's or, practical it's too. practical that's yes that's the word that's the word is practical magic oh my god i said it you did practical magic oh my god give me some sandra bullock and some nicole kidman <laughs> my girls some midnight margaritas One. One green eye, one blue eye. Stop! <laughs> and he'll be able to flip pancakes. Like, what? What? He'll be amazing cooking. Oh, he flips pancakes and makes fucking Texas toast. Yeah. I'm sorry. The women are conspiring. David is shaking his head. So, um... <laughs> Book recommendations. Oh, Buckland's also Buckland's, Buckland's complete. I had that. Yeah, that's my Kindle. Everyone should have yeah. it. It's, it's also another. So, Buckland's complete book of witchcraft is a combination of traditional witchcraft that he cultivated over the years, 
Uh, and a little bit more of the modern day version of witchcraft, would, which would be Wicca. Um, great book. It's almost like an encyclopedia in the sense that you go to it as your reference guide. So really good for that. Are you going to sit down and read it like how you would read a Dorito? No, Monday no, you book? wouldn't. No, but you're, you're using it, yeah, as your reference guide. <laughs> Another good book before we go on to the next question is The Encyclopedia of a 5,000 Spells. That's a good book. You're not going to do every spell in there, but it's a good reference point and jumping off point. You're bound like to find at least one that's useful. Yes. Or you can modify people. to your liking. Yeah. I like that because it's like another reference. Yeah, like the cool thing about spells and magic is that it's all pretty subjective in the sense that you can modify things to suit your needs. From the guy who doesn't yeah. practice spells. I understand magic, but I understand it. I know, I just want to throw shade. Yeah. <laughs> so your next question. How do you know if a DNT wants to work with you? You'll have pretty clear signs from them, honestly. So, for example, one thing that might happen is that out of nowhere one day, you might think, you might say, let's just say for sake of example, like, you hear, you get the name in your head, like, Sorath, and then you start looking him up, and you find out what he's about, and that's a way of saying, oh, you know what, this deity might want to work with me. So then you sit down, do a meditation, try to get in contact with this deity, and then you'll start communicating with it, and that'll be a pretty good indication that they're reaching out to you and want to work with you. I actually had something like that happen to me. Ooh, tell me. It was with Freya, and I actually had a dream of her, and at first I'm like, I asked him the next day, I'm like, Hey, who's Freya? And he gave me the look of like shock. He's like, what? <laughs> All these women. <laughs> All these that women. is the women. <laughs> right there. Like, oh my the god. Women. Why does every woman I know want to work with Freya? Freya, Freya, Freya. Freya wants to work with all the women, man. That's like kind of her deal. Actually, I've never encountered Freya. That's only been Lilith for me. Yeah, I've never encountered any Norse gods yeah. myself. Like I've, I, I, I acknowledge the Norse gods and I respect them, but I, we don't work with each other. So yeah, you could tell tell signs like with you and dreams. You can see certain animals pop up. Animals are a big yeah. symbolic thing, for sure. For sure. You can see a black cat around you. Cat, especially for Freya. Cat. Cat in general. A, a gray cat for Freya. Yeah. Gray or orange cat. I actually, it was, it's weird that you just said black cat because I was just thinking of a Ricky Martin song. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love Ricky Martin. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. This is not Wait, very, don't stop This is him. not very cult of you, too. <laughs> um, K-V-L-T-M, I'd add. Um, you know how I... Uh, I know through my art when I paint. Um, the reason why I say that is most of what I've been drawing throughout my whole life have been demonic figures since I was five, six, seven throughout my teenage years, throughout my adult years. And then um, one day, 
I was driving, um, I remember it. I was going through the light on uh, Beverwick Road, crossing 46, going on to 287. I was actually heading towards, ironically, Michael's, which is an art supply store. Mm -hmm. And on my way there, I had this image of a painting flash in my mind um, of Baphomet mm -hmm. with a man and a woman. And they were in this weird vibration is the only way I can describe it. And I feel like that was a direct contact from a higher power to me. Yeah. So it could be through art. And I have later went on to start to paint the piece and everything. I'm still mm -hmm. working on it. It's taken me a few years. Actually, it's an oil painting, so it'll probably take me, it'll take me a long time. <laughs> um, hey, that's how art works. Right. It could take a long time. It could be really quick. It could be a couple lines on a piece of paper, or it could be, excuse me, a huge piece on a canvas or a sculpture, whatever. Um, but uh, as an artist, a lot of my spirituality and a lot of my higher power talkings have to do with my art. Mm -hmm. So for me, uh, dreams and art is typically when a deity tries to talk to me and how do you know? Mm. Well, you don't until you do. Yeah. It's really that simple, isn't it? Yeah, but you will know. There, the signs will be there, if and you if, you, what if you listen to your intuition, yeah. intuition is key in all of this. So if you listen to your intuition and you really stay focused, you'll know. Yeah, and I, I feel as though like with me, I don't know if it, it helped you guys, but meditation really does yes. help me. Yes. For sure. Yes. Hundred percent heightens your perception, keeps you focused. I yes, meditation. I am a big proponent of meditation, yes. Yeah. I actually want to start learning new meditation techniques. I know a lot of people just kind of sit there and close their eyes, like, then that's supposed to help too. But I know there's other techniques you can also um, incorporate into meditation. I want to, I definitely want to get more involved in that sort of thing. I'm very disconnected from meditation. Meditation for me is very difficult. Mm. So not everybody has it, but for sure I think that's probably a good tool. Okay. Um, next question would be, are there different rules for different types of witchcraft? Are there really rules to witchcraft? I wouldn't say rules, I would well, say guidelines. I, personal guidelines for some yeah. people. Mm -hmm. Some people won't use blood magic because that's considered, you know, dark magic. Some people don't, you know, want to curse people. Some people only work with, you know, light. You know, some people deal with black magic. It's not rules, it's your own morals and your own guidelines. Yes. Okay. Witchcraft is, the reason why witchcraft is witchcraft is because there aren't really rules. Rules are for organized religions. Rules are for yeah, organized Satan. religions. Yeah, <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Satanism and witchcraft do not have rules, but we do, there are guidelines that you are free to adhere to or disregard as you choose. Some people like to do love magic, love spells. Some and some people are completely against that. Yeah, some people think you can't meddle with other people. And some people are malicious assholes that will curse you regardless of the consequences to themselves. Yes. It, doesn't, it does not matter. Do what thou wilt mm -hmm. is essentially the only... That's, 
So far as any left-hand path practitioner can tell, the only law of the occult is do what thou wilt. Yes. So. Some people might try and curse you. Some people might try and, you know, manipulate you. But isn't that with any type of, like, occult thing? Because yeah. I feel as though in, like, vampirism, freaking, these fucking leeches were fucking out to get you, like... You know, they were going to drain your energy. Vampires are vampires for a reason. Yes. Whether it's theological, mm -hmm. real, physical, I mean, or spiritual. They're a vampire for a reason. A vampire is based around taking a life force out of somebody. Mm -hmm. Whatever your definition of said life force is. Mm -hmm. That's what they're taking from you. So, yeah. So, their rules are their own rules. Mm -hmm. For real. And that's just how it is. Um, I think people are vampiric in spirit. Mm -hmm. And don't realize it. Yeah. Unfortunately. So, you can't look at them and be like, well, you're breaking a rule. They don't know. Mm -hmm. That's just who they are. Yeah. That's how their spirit guides them. And then there are people who use that. Are they breaking a rule if they use it? Or are they enforcing a rule? It's completely individual. Yeah. And that's the beauty of witchcraft. That's why there are covens. That's why there are small covens, big covens. That's why witchcraft Paganism in general, anyone that observes the occult in this type of spirituality, there's no mass um, organization of it. I mean, there might be big groups of it if you're lucky enough to find people who are on that same wavelength as you or can abide by those exact rules as you. Sure, mm -hmm. but even in my own coven, which is small, a triangle, a small coven. There are vast differences in our own rule sets. But we abide by a few basic things that connect all of us. So it's not... And even, even the things that connect us may not be things that connect other covens. So there aren't really rules. It's more or less guidelines. It's more or less a handbook for the deceased. <laughs> it's it's more or less just um so yeah, yeah rules not necessarily i know a lot of okay so to to continue on to this a little bit more there's a lot of modern wiccan groups yes. that live by a few golden rules like the threefold rule, yes which is karmaic in history and in spirit but there is a specific threefold rule, which is do good once and have it come back to you three times. Do bad once, have it come back to you three times. Now, I wish I could predict the universe like that. <laughs> and I wish I could assume the unknown would benefit me. Or hurt somebody else in the way that I would want it to or the way it should based on my own individual reality. That is not the case. Yeah, the reality of reality is chaos. So, 
it's hard to be able to predict how things are going to unfold. So that's one of the rules. Do you know another rule? Let's see. Uh, well, the threefold rule was the big one in Wicca. Yeah, that's, that's a big, the big one. one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that that's the one that I have like the biggest uh, issue with. That is like um, a lot of Wiccans and light witches. New age. New age. Oh, we're gonna do only light magic and leave all the dark magic to all the evil people in the world and all those evil Satanists. Also, I guess the the rule of um, harm none. Yeah, harm none, receive no harm. That's not true, which also kind of falls into the karmaic rule of threefold. Um, but it's the do no harm rule, which I I abide by in certain situations, but I don't think it's a rule that in this, well, in the sense of other people should follow it because it's so subjective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's subjective. I mean, you harm a plant when you step on it. In other words, you walk through the, clock, uh, the, the grass outside. You just harmed something. Yeah. You built a house out of wood. You killed a tree. Did you just harm something? You're stuck in the cold and you need food and warmth. You killed a deer. You harmed something. Is it only okay because you benefited from it? Because you survived from it? I don't know. I don't know. It's not up to me to enforce that. It's not the law. There's no law. Next question? Yes. Yeah, okay. For sure. What are the different types of witchcraft? So there's Santeria, mm. as you know. There is, you know. Uh, <laughs> English, baby English. Um, there is. I'm done with you. Wicca, African magic, voodoo. There's a voodoo. lot of Eastern magic. Yes, we East, have no idea about Pretty honestly. much, yeah. Eastern, you know, um, there is South American, South magic. American magic, Southern magic, which Northern kind? magic from like Scandinavia. Yeah. What are you most compelled by, do you think, if you had to choose a type of magic that really sort of drew your attention? I would have to say, don't you, don't you look at me like that. <laughs> I would have to say my Spanish heritage. Okay, see, all right. I'm sure there's. So then I would. I would definitely suggest that you try to dive into that and indulge in it. Then yeah. Santa Maria. Well, Santa Maria. Santa Maria. I said Santa Maria. I'm like crap. Oh, I was gonna say. <laughs> Funny that, enough, there's a book that I, just, I think you should read. Like if you're into Santeria, then I think that's what you were. That should be your starting point and your main point of focus. You have a whole lifetime to sort of dive into magic and explore it. You gotta start somewhere, you might as well start with that. Well, um, 
Santeria has a strong Catholic influence. Yeah. So if you have a background in that, um, you kind of look at uh, the saints in mm. Catholicism as your deities. So yeah. it would be almost like summoning them or worshiping them or working with them. But I'm also like really into... Um, There's a lot of saints that are healing. Yeah. Uh, I don't work with them, but I think that one of one of the recent saints actually was a uh, Saint Teresa. She was all about healing. Um, the Mother Mary, which is also used in Santeria, uh, is all about healing. That mother giving, caring archetype. Uh, things like that. There Some are, little as well. Sure. For sure. Um, so, you know, you need to look into that more. Yeah. I know that a lot of uh, Spanish cultures, they're, they almost kind of remind me of when I think of, like, Latin Catholicism. I think of uh, the Puritans, when the Puritans first came over to America, mm -hmm. or first really started, is, like, they were okay with paganism or I shouldn't say they weren't okay with paganism but they were okay with pagan traditions mm -hmm. they let that bleed into their Christianity yeah. which a lot of um, Latin American uh, religion is like where they let a lot of that occult mm -hmm. into their traditions they let a lot of superstitions in. They let a lot of rituals in. And a lot of that, you know, slowly produced yeah. Santeria. So their uh, ideology, things like that, are a, a beautiful mixture of what native South Americans originally had, like the Mayans, Aztecs, mm -hmm. already established religious cultures or spiritual cultures. You know, it seeped up into it and mixed in with um like African, the, the African slave African, trade. Yeah. Which uh you know was brought in by a lot of uh African peoples during that time. So next question. What are some things you shouldn't do as a new witch? Don't get in over your head. That's the main thing. Start small. I right, don't get in over your head. Learn. Yes, please learn. And Read get, lots and lots of books. Yes, and don't get thrust into a situation. Oh, David, what'd you do? That's the story for another day. So next uh, question. I know about that. Yes. <laughs> um, what are some things you should do as a marriage? Learn. Practice every day. Yes, <laughs> learn, practice every practice, day. Practice all the time. Spirituality. Read lots of books. Read, learn, love yourself. Yes. Loving yourself means you want to enrich yourself it, it it brings on enhancements it brings on you wanting to improve life improve aspects of your life aspects of your life meaning your spirituality focus on it make it grow water it like a garden you know treat it treat it like a treat it like um what are some ways that you guys keep yourself grounded Okay, in what sense, though? What do you mean by grounded? Grounded as in, like, you know, spiritual. Mm -hmm. 
Because you know, I know, I know. Sometimes like witchcraft can get like chaotic and yeah, you know, emotional and set time aside every day. Like dedicate time to at least being in front of your altar. Like, make it like a work schedule almost. It's like, okay, I've got an allotted amount of time every day that I'm going to spend in front of my altar. It, some days it's going to feel like work. You know, it's not always, like, you're not always going to be spiritually invigorated. But it'll help you keep in contact with your deities. Meditate. Yes, exactly. I try and meditate every week. That keeps me grounded spiritually. I think to talk to your higher power, so for most people, that would be prayer. Yeah. So for me, I pray all the time, even though I think prayer has the, um, the association with uh, Christianity or to organize religion. I think everybody is capable of prayer. So for me, it's prayer. What is some advice that was given to you that you pass along because it made an impact? That's a damn good question. For me, the advice I was given that made an impact to me, I'm not sure if it's necessarily advice advice or if it was just a teaching. Um, but to always try to find peace in your spirituality. Um, now, unfortunately, you can't work with lavender and stuff like that. But growing up, one of the herbs that I mostly worked with uh, from my stepmother, who was, she considered herself a light witch or a white witch mm -hmm. or whatever. Uh, she, um, she used lavender a lot and she always tried to help me find peace and she always tried to bring me peace. and try to preach that um, constantly to me, or I shouldn't say the word preach, um, but she tried to instill that in me all the time, it's just always have your own peace. So yeah, that was a piece of advice given to me, was uh, just make sure it's for you. piece of advice was given in my spiritual path is to surround yourself with people who empower you who believe that you will rise to greatness, not to waste your time with people that will tear you down whenever they get the chance. It's essential to your spiritual practices to be around people who support you and love you. My advice was always stay grounded. Because it's very easy to become very full of yourself and to get into a situation where you're going to completely fuck yourself in the end. Yeah, I almost fell down a situation yeah. like that. I got really deeply involved in this one incredibly destructive sect of Satanism that was pretty all-consuming and kind of put me in this state of, um, what would you call it, almost like psychosis, to be honest. it's It was very malicious and very um, malevolent, and, it, you know... If you're not careful, if you dive into something too quickly without mm -hmm. fully understanding the consequences and the magnitude of what you're taking on, it will consume you. So it's important to you know you don't have to you don't have to dive in. You can you can dip your feet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
And I know me and Ashley was having this conversation um, about, like, um, this is the last question I have about coming from, like, a Christian slash Catholic background and, like, about the family, you know, transitioning into that, like, like you didn't have the best support or whatever. Um, my question is, you coming from that background, did you find it hard to transition with the family like, and the whole going to hell thing? In my particular experience, it didn't take a lot of convincing. Like, my mom, like, it took, like, a, a couple of, like, readings from one or two different websites about it, and she was like, okay, my dad doesn't care, really. So, he's like, eh, as long as you're not getting in trouble, <laughs> pretty much down for anything. So, in my particular experience, no, it was. People had their questions, and they asked me about it, mm -hmm. and they kind of want to understand it. But for me in particular, no, it was not a difficult transition, but I can only speak for myself in that regard. I'm, I consider myself fortunate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my father's like, look, as long as you don't burn the house down. <laughs> yeah. We didn't have that talk. He was like, I, he knows I do something. Just don't burn the does house he have, like, a vague idea? I believe he does, yes. I believe he does. I would like to think that his father knows. <laughs> I believe he, we haven't had that conversation. Yeah. But I believe he has a vague idea. You know, my stepmother's another thing entirely. Yeah, she was looking at my necklace. She's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people see this one. They have all kinds of questions to ask. In my defense, my father did go to art school in the seventies in New York. So one guy, you know, one guy so, at work. So I, it's kind of like, ah, yeah. One guy at work said, ah, "I like your pentacle." And I'm like, "Oh, thanks." He goes, "Are you a Satanist?" And I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." I, he hasn't really spoken to me since. <laughs> <laughs> See, babe, you can use it to keep people away from you. It's great, you know. It really, it's fantastic. Okay, 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 but like, when the Jehovah's Witnesses come by, babe, you say, "Yes, I'm a Satanist." They will not come back. No, I'm, really not, I'm not even going to get into what I did to a Jehovah Witness. <laughs> I told you about this. <laughs> Gotta respect them, though. Yes, they are nice people. I work with Jehovah Witnesses, and they're, I really love them. They are nice people. They're sweet and, and, people. And they never, ever, my coworkers never, ever bother me. If anything, they treat me with more respect my own family has ever treated me. Yeah. yeah, they are sweet people. But like, I, I'm not. I'm not doing it to like bash the whole thing. No, no, no. No, I. Uh, I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying in general. Ironically, people think like, oh, they're such pushers. They're actually, they're actually not. No. Um, so, uh, for me, like personally, I've had like probably one of the the more negative experiences of a family. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say the one saving grace is my little brother who is like so into me being me yeah. and he's like that saving grace if you will that um, one person who supports me with any endeavor I take on uh, so I'm very fortunate for that I, I need to acknowledge that like I'm so grateful for my little brother accepting me through the thick of the thin the good the bad the things that he doesn't get, the things he does get. And what he doesn't get, he tries to understand the best that he can. And he always, always, always comes through. 
But as far as my other family, unfortunately, one of those people that have had a lot of uh, strong negative opinions thrown at me from other family members. And it's been rough. You know, I get a lot of like, well, I'll pray for you in church. Or I'll pray for you to the priest. Which is like such a backhanded thing to say to someone. Right. It is. Yeah. It really is. I'll, I'll pray for you is one of the things that I hear a lot. And it's it's very frustrating because I'm not I'm not asking. Yeah, and don't you com- fucking dare pray for me, actually. Not to your God. See, um, I didn't get a negative towards that. I got negative when I decided not to have kids. Mm. Yeah, that's a big one. People are like, oh, well, it's not too late, or you'll change your mind, or some other condescending comment. Well, like well it's like, how do you expect me to have a child when you're always going to have that, like, that mentality, not mentality, that thought saying, hey, there's a possibility I can give my child what I'm going through, and I don't want my child going through that. That's not necessarily a, a, a spiritual thing, more or less. I know. Um, but I understand because, like, I've, I've gone through that similar thought process. I don't have a, well, I have physical ailments. I'm not sure if are uh, genetic mm-hmm. or not. But I also have, like, mental illnesses that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not, like, 100% sure. Oh, my God, it is my poor kid going to wind up uh, struggling with their emotions the way that I have and is it going to take them as long as I have to discover you know themselves or whatever so I get it I respect that you know it's a hard acknowledgement um, and it does tie into your spirituality mm-hmm. because um, it does affect you spiritually yeah. like it weighs in you know you mm-hmm. gotta talk to your higher power about that um, and you have to understand yourself on so many levels mm-hmm. that can only sometimes be explained through spirituality. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I think that does tie into spirituality. It may not be, like, um, exactly the topic, but I think yeah. it's a very strong point. Uh, but, yeah, no, like, for me, a big thing, like I was saying before, is, like, the whole I'll, pr- I'll pray for you or I'll do this, I'll do that for you or I'll lit a candle for you and stuff like that because I come from very strong um family backgrounds I deal with uh, Christianity in a lot of different forms mm-hmm. you know born and raised Russian Orthodox so it's been a journey for me uh, especially with family so you know to anyone listening out there you might have to deal with a potluck you don't know what you're going to get and if listening to all of us doesn't show you that I don't know like I wish I could sit here and dream about what specific reaction your family would have towards your uh, spiritual enlightenment I can't but you know what you are mm-hmm. and you have to focus on that yeah. so my perspective is all right, okay, my family doesn't agree with who I am, mm. but I am who I am. And you're not doing it for your family. You're doing it for you at the end of the day. 
that's mean that's what the left hand path is. It's self empowerment, not the empowerment of people around you. And it's ironic because I'm left handed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lefty too. Not only am I uh, lefty dominant, but I'm also ambidextrous, mm -hmm. which is it's I'm it's learning, nice. I'm learning to be ambidextrous. Which is pretty fucking rad. I was uh once again one of those things. I was I was forced into being ambidextrous. I'm I'm left handed, but uh, I've had to learn certain things. Right. Yeah, I can't even comprehend left-handedness. That's so. That's such an interesting thing to me. I can throw both hands back and forth, but my lefty is. You can just go bah with one hand, <laughs> and then just go that bah with the other. So yeah. Uh, so that was that the last question? Yeah. Other journey. Mm -hmm. David, what, thoughts? A what a great fucking episode. Yes, I that think. was a nice episode, you know. And David, your thoughts? Well, he already gave them, so. I pretty much did. Yeah. I pretty much gave my thoughts. It's a good way to end yeah, I think the episode. So and we want to wish Delilah the best of luck on That's her right. journey. Yeah. yeah. Whatever it may be. Yeah. And Praise know that Lucifer and Lilith. Yes. And know that you always have support from us if and when you need it. Yes, yes. I know I know it runs in your family. And I know it runs in your family. Anyone out there. Yeah. Oh, I hope, fuck, I hope it helps you. Yeah, yeah. Let us be your guides. We're always here for all of you. So I think that's Cue a... Cue Beetlejuice um, music oh, Hi, I'll be your guide. Mm. <laughs> Time to be the only adult here. All right, so for... Uh, Sanctum of the Dark Flame. The Sanctum of the Dark Flame. Yes, yeah, Sanctum of the Dark Flame. Sanctum of the Dark Flame.